0: Hello, everyone. This is
1: Lillian Edwards, Visioning Council Member for the Organization of Nature Evolutionaries. I want to welcome you to our Nature Evolutionary teleseminar series. We are highlighting the work of Sacred Earth activists. We're grateful that you're able to join us for forest walks today with our speaker, Linda Lombardo. This call is being recorded, so it will be available on our website, um, which is natureevolutionaries.com, after today. It's my great pleasure to introduce you to our speaker today. Linda Lombardo is a certified forest therapy guide and life coach and sacred activist. She finds wonder in the worlds within worlds of the forest, seeing nature as a regenerative culture in which nothing is wasted and nothing is without purpose. In addition to forest therapy and coaching, Linda produces and hosts Voice of Evolution Radio, sharing the voices of those, creating a more compassionate and sustainable world. Her 11-part radio drama series, In the Soul's Waiting Room, chronicles her own spiritual journey to create a story about who we are as humans today and why the world is the way it is. She uncovers and explores deep wounds that we no longer remember or accept as part of our collective stories that continue to create polarity in us as a species. The radio drama series led Linda to publishing her pre and post production notes and the scripts as a book which is now available on Amazon. I want to thank you for joining us today, Linda.
2: Hi. Hi, Lillian. You're welcome. Thank you for having me here. I'm really excited to be part of this conversation today.
1: Yeah, it is such a pleasure to have you with us today. Um, Would you like to begin our call by weaving the container that will um, carry us and hold us through the next hour of our afternoon.
2: I would love to do that. I I feel like it's a coming together of of a journey into the known and the unknown. A lot of mystery in today and you know what may unfold and and all of that. So, um I would ask anyone who is listening to just get really comfortable. You're welcome to close your eyes or soften your gaze if you like. And just imagine that you're standing as a tree does in the forest. Notice what the soles of your feet might be sensing right now, what they're feeling. Really notice the soles of your feet. Know that beneath your feet, beneath the surface of the planet, there are strong and ancient roots growing, inviting your roots to join them. So if we can give up on the idea of feet for a moment and let our own roots grow, just notice what that feels like, how it might shift things in your body, or maybe not, and let your roots and the roots of the trees intertwine. Give them a moment to just play and explore and connect. It's said that no tree is an individual. Rather, it's part of a greater system. So we are all part of that system, now especially, if only for a moment in
0: time. And that open sacred space, Lillian. I hope. Mm. <laughs> Thank you, Linda. That was beautiful. I definitely feel
1: more grounded and rooted into um my space that I'm in right now. Thank you. You're welcome. Um All right. So, would you like to begin by um yeah, diving into our first question for today, which is um what is forest
0: therapy?
2: I can definitely begin with that. You know, I think the simplest way to describe it, and and this description comes directly from the Association of Nature and Forest Therapy Guides and Programs, or the ANFT. Uh, that's where I received my training and where I received my certification. And, and I guess after I talk a little bit about forest therapy, I can also talk a little bit about who I am or um, really why I'm why I'm someone who's here talking about forest therapy. But forest therapy is a research-based framework for supporting healing and wellness Immersion in forests and other natural environments. In simpler words, it's just a practice of spending time in forested areas with the purpose of enhancing your health, enhancing your wellness, and enhancing your happiness. And the difference between forest bathing, or which is often called forest therapy, and say um, say jogging through a forested area or walking your dog on a trail, is the connection with nature that um, is created on a forest therapy walk. And it's created through a series of invitations that the guide brings to the walk. Now, there is a term called shinrin-yoku, and, and that began in the 1980s in Japan. Shinrin-yoku was Japan's prescriptive treatment for the overworked, overstressed, harried business person. And that's partly why so much research has been done and continues to be done around forest therapy or the value of spending time with nature. And Shinrin-yoko simply means basking or bathing in the interconnectedness of the forest or a forested environment. There are three characters. The first one is lots of trees. The second one is interconnectedness. And the third, which always looks a little bit like a home or a house to me, means that basking or bathing, that nurturing in the interconnectedness of the forest or the forested area. And so that's a little bit about what forest therapy is.
0: Mm, I love the um, interconnectedness
1: piece, that that's um, woven into the the Japanese language of what forest therapy is and also that it's a prescription. Um, How beautiful.
2: You know, the interconnectedness, if I may, the interconnectedness is the important piece, I believe, because it is different um, than that, let's say, that jogger or someone walking their dog. And and nobody gets to be wrong about how they spend time in nature. There is a difference, mm -hmm. though, between a conscious engagement with nature. And I'll always say, you know, we're not walking through it. We're not walking in it. We're walking with nature. And and that's what makes it a a conscious connection with our environment, with where we are. It's that planting your feet on the ground and letting your roots grow in and intertwine with the trees. Rather than simply saying, Well I you know, I've got I've got a half an hour, let me just let me just walk through the forest. Or, you know, let me walk in the park. And and again you don't get to be wrong about how you choose to do it, but there is a way to deepen the experience that forest therapy brings.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And one piece that I'm thinking about that's different from going for a jog in nature or even going for a walk on your own is that if you were having, um, if someone was going on a walk with you, they would be guided. So there's this element of like you have a guide with you, which is your role, so I would love if you'd like to um describe a little bit more of yeah, maybe um like why would it be why is it beneficial to have a guide with you in a forest walk um experience.
2: And I'm gonna back that up a little bit and maybe add just a little bit more before I I respond to that question if I can, Lillian. You know, yeah, because great. there's been so much research done there are some very clear benefits of forest bathing and forest forest bathing has um, has benefits when it comes to preventative medicine in terms of keeping you healthy cardiovascular immune system functions mood cognitive function and any, any kind of forest bathing or forest therapy has a positive effect there have been lots of studies done around forest bathing and certain cancers, or healing from injuries or surgeries, mental illness and health. You know, in in some studies done with both male and female subjects, forest forest bathing or a forest uh, a trip in the forest increased our human natural killer cell activity. And that activity lasted um, 30 days or more. Say on a three-day, two-night trip to a forested area. For a two-hour or three-hour trip in the forest, we say you can expect to have that your immune system boosted for at least the next seven days. And that's because the uh, the trees, especially at certain times of the year during their high bloom or their high growth, they emit something called phytoncides. Phytoncides are the wood essential oils. And it sounds like fighting, but it's P-H-Y, phytoncides. And, and what that does is it increases our body's natural killer cells, the, the cells that fight against viruses and bacteria, certain kinds of cancers. It lowers, um, we lower stress hormones when we're in the forest, our cortisol level drops and when your cortisol level drops your heart rate decreases your blood pressure lowers and and most often what i hear often after only offering one or two invitations and i'll talk about what invitations are in just a minute is the word peace people will say i'm noticing peace or i'm noticing how peaceful i feel and and so Those are clear benefits, and there's a lot of um, easily accessed research online about forest therapy if the the listener is interested in knowing more and more about the benefits. Now, uh, to get back to your question about why do I need a guide to connect to nature, that is the magic question. And it's a really great question because many of us do spend a lot of time in arboretums or parks, preserves or nature centers, or, or some people even in the wild. And and many of us have been doing it for years or for our entire lives. And and we have this natural instinct to go into the, the world uh, of the forest when we're stressed or overwhelmed or, or, you know, maybe we have a health issue or there's a personal question that just requires an otherworldly answer. You know, it's not a question you could ask another person. You know, or maybe there's just simply a desire for open space with fresh air. I describe it as being able to stretch my arms out wide without bumping into somebody, if, if, if if you know what that feels like. And so our instincts are already telling us that nature is a healing, healthy place to be in. And like any healing practice, I think of things like meditation. I think of, I think of yoga. Um, you know, the, they are things that can be done by you on your own. And yet there's power and belonging in community when you have a trained, certified leader to kind of guide the experience for you and although there are inherent differences from yoga or meditation you know you things you can do at home the question always is will you do them and to what extent will you do them uh, humans we have the best intentions you know, wake, wake up wake up in the morning and say i'm you know i'm going to make sure i do my yoga today or i'm going to meditate or i'm going to take that walk in nature or i'm going to sit spot which means simply spending quiet time in in a spot, in nature. And somewhere in the middle of the day, we say, you know, I didn't get to it yet. Maybe before the day's over, I'll do it. And then at the end of the day, we'll say, well, you know what, tomorrow. I'll do it tomorrow. And there's something, you know, there's a beautiful commitment to going on a guided forest therapy walk where you know someone is waiting for you or there's a community expecting you. And you just don't want to let them down, and you don't want to let yourself down. There's also a safety issue in in this, in that many of the people I speak to, men and women will say, I'm so glad you're doing this because I don't want to walk in the forest alone. And of course, that depends perhaps on where you live and, and what, what your safety level is. But but those are only some of the reasons for having a guide and being on a guided walk. Um, You only know what you know. So if you're going to stretch or you're going to meditate, you're going to meditate from this container that you have of knowing. Being guided brings in the wisdom of someone who's been trained as well as the wisdom of community. And that just really deepens the experience. For an individual being able in in circle at the end of an invitation to go around and and a guide will ask what are you noticing not what did you see what did you notice it's really what are you noticing right now in this moment and the answers are usually so profound that that for me there's no expectation because i can't even imagine what some people notice After spending some time in nature for me there is a um, there's a protocol that I follow a standard sequence and that was part of my training through the Association of Nature and Forest Therapy guides and programs that begins with opening the senses so slowing us down and really getting us ready to receive what the forest has to offer and inform and then at the end of every walk there's a tea ceremony Often it is something you know with something foraged, the tea that's made on the spot, or it's something that could have been foraged depending on where you're walking. Could you do this on your own? Well, maybe perhaps you could. And the question becomes, will you? And and the answer is, you know, perhaps not. And and right now, I believe, as at the end of 2018, the um, the ANFT had had trained over 700 guides guiding this practice in 46 countries. So that says there is a huge wanting for community. So not only connecting with nature, connecting with yourself, but connecting with community, with, with like-minded people perhaps with whom you can share your own experiences or share nature. So, so that would be my first answer, my first response to, to why you know why a guided walk as opposed to just going out and spending some time in nature and then there's a bigger question in that if I may Lillian uh it's it's the question that people often ask well why would i pay for you to guide me and and so um and sometimes it's it, it's it's followed by you know the um you know, some of the emojis, the, the laughing face or the one that looks like the scream, you know, with the hands on the cheeks and the face is blue. <laughs> and, and, and you know, and and of course, none of these people have ever been on a forest therapy walk. So I, I never judge. I You know, I mean, I have to laugh about it because I had to come to my to my own sense of peace about it when someone asked the question. You know, and I, I wonder sometimes though why didn't the person get curious? why didn't they read any of what I shared or or at the very least you know say, "Hey, what's this all about?" And I see you're you know th- there's a charge for this walk. Can you tell me more about that and And you know, and so my legitimate response um which I'm always happy to answer has been well if you if you go to yoga, do you ask, well, why would I pay you just to stretch?" Or if you go to a meditation class as a protocol, would, would you ever say to your teacher, you know, why am I paying you to just sit still and think about nothing? So, you know, again, there's, there, although there are inherent differences between the different protocols, there's, there's also this similarity about what do you gain when you experience something in community? And for me as a guide, and I know this is true for many other guides, when, when these walks are held in arboretums or, or preserves, a generous percent of the fee that's asked or the gift, the gift that's asked is donated back to the arboretum or the preserve for their natural trust funds. We are working in partnership with the land managers or the land um, stewards so that when you're, when you're walking with a certified guide, in part, you're, you're making a donation to the history or the legacy of those who came before us. You're helping to preserve these beautiful places that really understand that this is something different than anything else they offer. It's not a nature walk. It's not a hike. That it is experiencing the beauty of, of what they preserve in an entirely different way. So I'm going to stop there and and either look for your response or if if you you want to ask another question.
1: Mm, thank you, oh my gosh. Everything you're sharing is just so com- uh incredible and resonant and um, I love uh this piece that you shared <laughs> piece that you shared that um there's an overwhelming expression or experience of the folks who you're walking with saying I'm feeling more peace in my system, and really, yeah, just feeling like that that's um that's the core of who we are that's that's an essential nature that nature is allowing us to come back home to and how beautiful and um, yeah, I also loved what you said about. You know that you are holding an expanded container for um, the folks who you walk with, um, and then at the same time, I love that you said, you know I can't even imagine what someone is going to experience themselves what the personal experience will be like that's being shared, and I love that. It kind of sounds like there's actually some container expanding happening in both directions
0: um,
2: I, I definitely I definitely believe. That there is and you know one of the the beautiful parts of the training that I had was the attention to the invitation Uh, so often if you go to you know to an event or you have an experience there is um, there could be an assignment or a task and there are no assignments or tasks in forest therapy or forest bathing they are invitations so they are a gentle offering and they're designed in such a way as to get you to move you from your head into your heart or into your body um it, it might be as as simple as you know the the trees are inviting you to play or the 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 grass is um uh is invites you to play something like that um might be. I'm curious. Is there a being here that is eager to hear what's happening for you right now? And uh, or or it's almost like a Mad Libs in almost in, in some ways that you you know the blank invites you to blank. And and that was so powerful for me when I was in my training, and it still continues to be powerful for me because sometimes you you want to, you know you want this to be powerful for people, and you have to trust that the forest has your back, that you are in partnership, and that when you, one of my coaching experiences uh, or expressions was that everyone is creative, resourceful, and whole. So when I combine that with the forest has my back, I can say the clouds invite you to uh notice the shapes. And someone may just stand there and look up. Someone may just sprawl out on the ground and and you know and just, you know, totally on the grass and in enjoying that rest pose and looking up at the sky. Uh, someone may find another person and and share what something looks like. And and it's all that individual's journey. It's, It's more than I could create, even if I were instructed to create that individual journey for someone. So the beauty of it is seeing someone go off and come back and just blow your mind in, you know, for want of a better word is to just say, oh, my gosh, I would have never thought of that. yesterday I led a walk in an arboretum and and someone brought their young daughter and I hadn't quite geared my invitations to a a young person and yet there was one invitation where I invited as pairs to go out and find gifts for the other person while the other person waited, eyes closed, hands outstretched for these gifts that the other person was going to bring them. And this young girl got so excited about bringing her mom the gifts that after they had their turn, she said to me, are we going to do it again? And I looked at everyone else on the walk and I said, what do you think? You want to do it again? And everyone said, sure, let's do it again. And so it wasn't planned. and But we, we did another round of finding each other gifts. and And so... It was, it was being coactive. it was being in co-creation with not only nature but the people who were there. And these invitations, uh, some people might have said, you know, I don't want to do this. I feel like I just want to lie down and look at the sky right now. And that's, that's perfect. So for someone who says, I don't know, I don't want somebody telling me what to do, that's not what a forest therapy walk is about even if you simply sit and look at nature you are experiencing forest therapy you're doing a sit spot and and any time in nature is better as far as i'm concerned than no time in nature
0: mm. mhm um so you've shared um a bit about
1: uh, what happens in the walk and kind of like how the walk goes. Um, you shared in the beginning there's, uh, you know, an opening of senses and kind of in the middle there are these invitations and then you close with um, sharing tea from the land, which is so beautiful. Um, is there anything else that you'd like to share about um, kind of like maybe like the logistics of a walk? Like if... You know, our listeners are wondering, like, if I were to go on a walk with you, what would that be like? Is there anything else you'd like to share about that?
2: Walks are easy and effortless. Sometimes we don't even cover a quarter of a mile. So, it, it, I, I laugh and I say, listen, this isn't Survivor. It isn't Naked and Afraid. You're, you know, you, you if it's if it's not easy and effortless for you, then as an invitation. Find some other way of doing this or find a way of doing this for you while we're walking together our walks are usually about anywhere from two to three hours long it really depends on the season it depends on the um, it depends on the place it depends on the people I do private walks so you know I'm I'm not going to be out with one person for three hours uh, although I could be, I, there are, I've walked with some people where I think clearly we could have been out for three hours. Maybe we're out for 90 minutes or two hours. I combine my coaching sometimes with my forest therapy and try to keep that to the 90 minutes or the two hours. And and so you have to know that you're going to be outside for a certain period of time, whether it's hot or cold, even in a light rain. I've I've led a series of walks in a light rain and it was beautiful. People come prepared and if they don't, your forest therapy guide is always going to have some emergency equipment and things um, with them. You know, I'll carry some, some of those little emergency ponchos or I may carry um, a mosquito netting as a as a headpiece if somebody is very edgy around bugs and it happens to be buggy that day. I um I carry a uh, organic spray and everybody is welcome to use it or to bring their own people uh, will bring water they'll bring sunscreen uh, they'll dress in layers I share information in the cold about how to dress to stay warm but I and I always carry hand warmers and toe warmers with me in in the coldest of weather I've led full walks in January where I've had 18 people. And and of course, you know, I there are guidelines for where I say it's no longer safe to walk, and that could be for the cold or the heat. It could be high winds, or it could be how much rain we're expecting, certainly in lightning and thunder. Uh, the, you know, I call off a walk or I reschedule a walk. So safety is always, always key. And a certified forest therapy guide is going to be wilderness first aid trained and required through the the ANFT to keep up that certification every two years. I always say, please don't make me have to use it, but I am wilderness first aid trained. You know, I just don't. You know, I don't want anybody to have an accident. Um, obviously, because it's meant to be enjoyable. It's meant to be effortless. Um, but even, even someone who decides to touch a, ro- a rose and gets, a, um, gets stuck with a thorn, if they need a Band-Aid, I've got the Band-Aid. And, and so that is part of our protocol, that we're holding space for safety as well as a sacred space for, for peace and grounding and, and everything else that a forest walk will offer to an individual.
0: Mm-hmm. And another piece of the forest walk that's being offered to
1: an individual is this sacred activism piece. And um, I'm going to read a quote of yours that I really love. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> a forest walk is more than a walk in nature. It's a sac- It is a sacred activism to rebuild a regenerative culture the kind of culture indigenous people knew, the kind of culture that perhaps our own ancestors knew. When nature becomes personal again, we will begin to heal ourselves and our relationship with nature. Then our real work can begin. And I love that, like, piece about the, um, uh, you know, weaving the the personal relationships back into our connection to nature. And, I, yeah, I was wondering if you could – elaborate on the forest walk within the context of sacred activism.
2: I can. You know, and, and I guess I wonder, or I, I reply with the question, how is it not sacred activism to connect with the forest? I You know, I think when I realized that when something is personal, we care for it and we want to protect it, I want people to know that that the land they live with, and, and notice that I didn't say the land they live on. The land they live with is, is sacred. You know, what it's taken for us to be here today, including an acknowledgement of the indigenous nations and their relationship to the land. Just you know, between ice ages, I live on Long Island, New York, and, and Long Island, New York wasn't here before uh, the the glacial movement you know everything that was deposited here is what we live on today and there are glacial erratics around long island these giant boulders that are so beautiful and so ancient and you you may walk in the forest and see that some trees have actually grown around them Literally encompassing part of the rock into their trunk, or the or the boulders have split, and in that split there is new growth. Uh, There are trees or uh, other plants, other beings growing up around these these rocks. And you know what it took to create them: the, the the turning and the turning and the rolling, and what they picked up along the way and the striations in the rocks. You know, I'm not a geologist, so I you know I'm if I'm not getting it all right, I'm, you know, I'm sharing what I know or my story around it, and and so it's it is um, humbling if you really look at where we live and what we live with. I think it was Mary Oliver who said, um, "Attention is the beginning of devotion." And so, to focus attention on the natural world is to begin to become devoted to it, to fall in love with her. There is a um, there's another there's another poem. I don't know if it's presented as a poem. I'm um, searching for it quickly here to see if I have it. I think it's um, Dwayne Elgin who's a visionary thinker, an author, and a speaker. He writes, when we see ourselves as participants in a cosmic garden of life that has been developing patiently over billions of years, our regard for the universe shifts from indifference, fear, and cynicism to curiosity, love, and awe. Humanity's future pivots on which understanding prevails and the choices that naturally follow the well-being of humanity and the earth depends upon waking up growing up and moving from our adolescence into our early adulthood as a species and thereby establishing a new relationship with nature other humans and the living universe you know if that doesn't wake you up a bit i you know i don't know what does but i i think me that is the sacred activism is is reminding people of their connection and and maybe even beyond that reminding people supporting the space for someone to remember that they are nature they are the universe when I was a, a little girl and I turned 13 years old my mother took me aside and announced that I was now a young lady and now that I'm a young lady, uh, she she let me know that young ladies don't climb trees anymore. And, of course, that was a story from her upbringing, right from the generation in which she was raised. And I have to tell you, that was the worst birthday ever. I cried. I mean, she, you know, after she told me that, I just burst into tears and I thought, "Why are you making me cry on my birthday? Why are you telling me I can't climb trees anymore?" And I went on a journey for years and years of of not being part of nature of wanting to belong to this human world and and desperately wanting to belong to the human world and 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 everything that that entailed. And at some point realized how, well, I was going to say how hollow it was, and I, I don't mean that, because we're here to savor and serve the world. And it's that balance between the savoring and the serving, I think, that often has us step away from nature, because there is so much seductive in the human world that we often... Forsake the more-than-human world, thinking that's what we're supposed to do. And and I think there's a both-and here. I think we can savor the world, the human world, and everything we've created because we're incredibly resourceful and creative, and still honor the natural world, the more-than-human world. In fact, by honoring it, it helps us know what we would say yes and no to in the human world. I think. So, keeping that balance, keeping that understanding that we are nature, that we're in we're in relationship with nature, that we are in love with nature, and it's in love with us, by the way, I think that helps us make choices in our human lives and in the human world that we might not make as wisely if we don't have that connection to
0: nature. hmm thank you. Um, I'm curious if you'd like
1: to share any uh, personal stories of either your own or others' experiences um,
0: that they've had on forest walks with you. Mm-hmm.
2: I I'd be happy to. I you know, there's one story that I think of immediately that someone shared with me and and I have permission to share the story. And then I you know, I also have one of my own that's very powerful, so I'm kind of being pulled um between the two. I I think I'm going to share uh the forest bather's story because she so sweetly granted me permission to to share it. So she had been on a walk, and at, a, at some point, I had asked, invited everyone to connect with a tree, see if a tree wanted to draw them closer, ask permission to place hands on the tree, or to you know just to be there and breathe with the tree. And she came back after the experience, and in the circle, she you know she said, uh, you know, when I selected my tree, I explored its shape and its structure. And it wasn't really what you might call a pretty tree. It had a lot of stops and starts in its branches. It was, she said, it was kind of messy. And, and most of all, what she noticed was that the roots presented almost like an elephant's foot. And one of the largest of them was covered in moss. And so she knelt down and she touched the mossy foot and she closed her eyes. And, and what she saw behind her closed eyes was what she thought was a different tree's smaller branches. Uh, and she wrote dappled against sunlight those are her words and she didn't know what the tree was saying at the time she was trying to figure it out she thought you know why is it sharing either a different tree or a younger version of itself and she happened to be on a walk with her niece and her sister so she she shared that with them as well as sharing in the circle and when she wrote to me she said fast forward to last week when I ended up in the ER only to find out i had been suffering from a heart attack all week Uh, with with what I thought was a severe case of heartburn. And and they transferred me to another hospital where I underwent a a, a heart catheterization. And the doctors found an artery with a 95% blockage and put in a stent. After the repair, the team in the procedure room showed me the blockage on a screen. You're awake through this very stressful procedure, she writes. What I saw on the screen, and I'm just, I'm getting chills all over my body as I'm as I'm saying this, but what I saw on the screen was a network of branches, my arteries backlit with artificial light. I realized hours later that my heart appeared the same as what my tree had shown me in that brief moment weeks earlier. And I thank you again for helping me to tune in this way. Feel free to share this experience with others, particularly those who may be skeptical of the power of our natural world to communicate with us if we listen. so that was her story and at the time she didn't know what the tree was showing her i mean it would be wonderful if we had that ability you know to make the connection somewhere along the way though she did make a connection because she realized something was not right she needed she needed to go to the er that what she thought was heartburn was perhaps something more serious but i'm you know i'm still chills all over my arms just from rereading that uh about what happened to her so i'll i'll just stop and wait in case there's any kind of, of feedback you want to offer and then i if you like i can share one other personal story if there's time
1: mm mm-hmm. yeah thank you i'm i'm just thinking about how powerful it is to hear these personal stories and Um, to be um, gifted that reminder or permission maybe to, like, um, strengthen that trust muscle because nature is communicating to all of us all the time. And, um, yeah, it's, you know, a powerful story. Um, And, um, yeah, I'm sure many of us can, relate to uh, connecting with nature in that way and receiving information and maybe sometimes not understanding it in the moment, but to just let it in all the same. Um, Yeah, we do have a bit more time before we uh, transition into question and answer mode where the listeners, if anyone has a question or comment, um, uh, we'll start that in a few moments, but since we do have a bit more time, would you like to also share the personal story that you were thinking about?
2: Sure, unless, I mean, unless there's anything else you'd like to ask, I can, I can always tell a personal story.
1: Yeah, I'm excited to hear your personal story.
2: Okay, so I was, um, I was in the Berkshires, it was my guide training, so it was, it was in 2017 and it was an invitation called holding hands where you spend about 15 minutes holding hands of a tree or a shrub or a fern whatever's safe comfortable whatever draws you you in and um and and there were a lot of eastern hemlocks in that area and the eastern hemlock is is in um is in danger from um uh from a uh uh, a beetle or a, a bug, where um, this, this insect is infecting the hemlock trees and um, and and killing them, basically, and and so I I was drawn to one of the hemlocks and uh, I reached out I was touching a branch I asked permission first, and and she grew at the edge a very steep edge. Um, You could see there was a ravine down below where there was some water, and I personally don't like heights, so I stayed on the the upside of the tree, having the tree between me and the drop, and we were kind of playing a bit. You know, she had this beautiful, sweet, piney scent, and I was just there letting the connection deepen, and then all of a sudden, I don't know why, but I just began to tear up, and I felt this incredibly deep sadness and and I stepped back from the tree I was still holding one of her branches but but I readjusted where I could see that drop down to the ravine side of the tree and I realized for the first time that there was another tree there and it 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 was it was long gone it was long dead it had a larger girth than the tree um, that I was connecting with. And and as I saw it and and had a chance to look at it, uh the words came into my my head, my heart. I you know, I I don't know where. Uh but I heard she is my sister. And it was clear to me that this tree that I'd been holding hands with wanted me to meet this other tree, even though she was long gone. And she wanted me to know her sorrow at losing her. And, and I couldn't determine, I said, were they the same tree? You know, did they split early in life like twins? They were, they were so close together. It was really difficult to know more than what I'd been given from the tree. And it almost felt like I'd be prying if I asked. I just, you know, I, I wanted to respect what I'd been given. And, and after a moment, that it, that moment kind of passed, and and it, it, the, the mood got lighter, the, my feeling got lighter. We kind of played together a little bit. Uh, you know, the, the needles of the pine tree were like fingers, and and there was a little spider that was kind of tolerating this interruption that I was playing with the the needles of the tree. But it's you know it stayed there and hung out with us too for a bit and um you know i gave i gave that eastern hemlock some words of gratitude at the end as well as the sister tree Uh, and for you know to whom she may have continued to feed her the sugar water the sap that the trees feed each other even even when the tree above ground is just a stump and and i thanked her for trusting me with her sorrow maybe letting me share a little bit of my own sorrow around loss there, and especially for the playtime that we had together um, in spite of the sorrow that we both held and for that connection and, and relationship. And it, it became so powerful for me that there is always, always some kind of connection with a tree. When I, when I lead a walk, I, I feel as if they're you know we're in their home. And like any guest, um, to honor our host is, um, is something that we need to do. And, um, and I think the trees give us back so much more. And you know maybe we give them something back too, I hope. But I, I think we need this. I think the trees are waiting for it. I think they're longing for it. And even if it's a tree in your own backyard. And and so that, that's probably one of the most powerful stories that, that I have with an interaction with a tree.
0: Hmm. Thank you so much for sharing. Well, thank um, you for asking. Yeah. It's beautiful to hear these
1: stories, really. Um, now, if there are any questions for Linda or comments, Um, Anything that any of the listeners would like to share, just press star 5 on your phone, and that will raise your hand, and then I can um, call on you and unmute you. So, yeah, I know there's some spaciousness for offering your voice into the
0: conversation if you feel so called. We'll wait a little bit and see if anyone is feeling called to raise your hand by pressing star five Um in the meantime,
1: Linda, I have another question for you. Um, sure. we can just keep going uh because this is um our uh, series we're doing on sacred earth activism. Um, Yeah, maybe in conclusion, I think um, a wondering that maybe some of our listeners might have, I definitely have myself personally, um, a question, what can I do in my own life that will make a positive difference? Um, If you could uh, maybe gift us a little like, take-home nugget um, (laughs) of what we can carry forward, a little action step in our own lives.
2: I think that's such a great question. You know, as a life coach, when someone comes to me asking that question, I suggest that it's really about finding how to be true to yourself. I think there's a lot of pressure these days to act, to join, and not acting and not joining can somehow make us feel small or unworthy, you know, and that gets expressed as, well, I should be doing this, or why aren't I doing this, or everyone else is doing this, what's wrong with me? And yet, I think there's something for each of us to do. You know, when I stand in the forest having offered an invitation to a group of forest bathers, I Often turn to a tree and I whisper my gratitude for this work that I get to do. And and so I would say, notice what activates you. You know what's inspiring. You know what's woken you up lately. And you know if it's the news or the newspaper, maybe it's a TV program or an ad. It could be as simple as walking down the street and noticing something, or or driving in your car, or being in public transportation. Anything. You know. And then ask, um, do I want more of this? You know, Do I want to see less of this in the world? Or do I want none of this at all? I don't understand why this even exists. And then what's, you know, what can my role be in that? And, you know, and maybe it's just for me or my family. Maybe it's just for my community. Or maybe it becomes a more global, global story. In in 2011, 2012, I attended the Coaches Training Institute's leadership program, and that was a 10-month program designed to how you're going to show up in the world as a leader. And and the leaders of the program said, by the end of this program, you're going to have a quest about how you show up in the world. No kidding. And and that really scared me because I'm something of a renaissance soul, and I'm passionate about so many things. And... And in the end, that's how Voice of Evolution Radio was created. To find all these voices of people doing sustainable and compassionate work and share that work. And ultimately, my own writing, the radio drama series In the Soul's Waiting Room, came out of two and a half years of waking up at three in the morning with, with these thoughts in my head about why the world might be going through what it's going through and and it took me on this spiritual journey so even if it's for you find that thing that activates you or inspires you or awakens you and just go do that don't even think about is big enough um you know there's an expression if you know if it's not big enough well first For some people, that's true. If you don't get a catch in your throat and say, oh, my gosh, am I really going to do this? Maybe maybe it's not what you're intended to do. That doesn't mean that the action itself can't be one small thing that you do and you do each and every day. That could make a difference to one person or could make a difference to you. So, that would be my answer that would that would be where I go. I get very activated by that question, Lily, and I could talk about it forever. But it's you know really, what's my role in writing this story that we're all living? Who do I get and who do I get to be in my own story?
1: Mhm, I wish we could just keep talking about it for forever. <laughs> um, we only have six more minutes. we are. Um, approaching the end of this really wonderful conversation. Thank you so much,
2: Linda. Um, You're welcome. Well, thank you for having me.
1: Yeah. Um, In this brief little bit of time um, that we have before we close, I'm just curious if um, any of our listeners want to ask a question or make a comment or anything by pressing star five, which will raise your hand. Just one last... Um, Invitation.
2: Oh, I like that. For that,
1: if anyone's feeling the call.
2: Yeah, yeah. And maybe while 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 we're waiting, you know, I there's a lot of different ways that people can find me. Again, it's the Renaissance soul at work. Uh, Mm -hmm. I created a site. Called Wabi Sabi Woman, and there is a hyphen between the Wabi and the Sabi. It's wabisabiwoman.com. dot com, and that's really a portfolio of all that I am, and that can connect you to forest therapy. It can connect you to my podcasts, and uh, also has some of my photography, which is which is how I mm-hmm. um, remember certain things in nature, the worlds within worlds. But people can also go to liforestwalks dot com, or they can go to thevoiceofevolution.com dot com, and um, and you know find me, Facebook, Twitter, and and on my website. So I just thought I'd put that out there if anybody is interested in knowing more and may just not want to ask a question here, but may want to follow up with a question somewhere else.
1: Mm-hmm. I am seeing a hand raised.
2: Yay. And wonderful. thank you for
1: sharing that helpful information for folks who want to stay connected to your work in the world. Um, let's see, this is um, uh, a wireless caller,
0: 966 um, 8659. Can you hear me? Yeah, hello. Can you hear me? Hi, this yeah, is Todd. We can hear you. Hi, Todd. Hi, hi, Linda.
2: Hi, Todd.
3: Great conversation. This has really been wonderful to listen to. Thank you so much for putting this on. And uh, I have a quick question. I know we're almost out of time. So, um, and full closure. I I do know Linda. So, but I'm not a plant. (laughs) (laughs) Other than maybe some sort of tree tree like plant, anyway.
2: Yes, some tree like Um, plant.
3: So it seems that, to me, there's a calling within the human spirit and soul to go into nature or do these kind of forest bathing experiences and forest therapy, uh, which I'm really grateful there are certified guides to lead us on. Um, and that's kind of like what a lot of stuff about what we're getting out of it. I think you touched on this with your personal experience, Cher, uh, about the tree and her sister, but what else, in maybe a more general sense, are the forests and the trees and maybe n- nature as a whole asking of us? Or maybe another way of saying this is, what are what are they getting out of us being on a forest therapy or forest bathing experience? Does that make sense?
2: It does, and it's a great it's a great question. I i have always said that when we're standing quietly in the forest that i sense the trees leaning in that there is something about them noticing us and wondering who are these humans who are standing (laughs) still like trees and they're 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 doing some reciprocity breathing, which I say is, you know, we breathe out the carbon dioxide that the trees need and the trees breathe out breathe out the oxygen that we need. And we're breathing with gratitude with the trees and we're stopping to examine a leaf and we're listening to the sounds of the birds or the, um, you know, when the wind blows and, and the sound, the song that the leaves make when the wind blows through it and you know i've been in in areas where there's been some deforestation and asked the question of people who know that place has their song changed and the answer always comes back as yes their song is different now and, and so i think they want us to know them and they need us as much as we need them they need us to step up and protect them to be mindful of them, there you know globally, there are some natural and not so natural things happening uh, to mm. our natural um, areas, and and they need us to wake up and get activated about that and and help protect that because they are us and we are them, and so what is happening to them is really also happening to us.
3: Mm. Oh, thank you. Beautiful.
2: Thanks, Todd. Thanks for asking. It was a great question.
0: You're welcome. Thank you, Todd. Thank you, Linda.
2: Oh, It was my pleasure. Thank you, Lillian. And thanks so much to the Organization of Nature Evolutionaries. It's such a, such a beautiful organization. I'm so honored to be able to be part of these, this TELUS seminar series.
1: We are so honored to have you here. Um, Thank you so much again. It's really been a pleasure. Um, And and unfortunately, we are out of time, so I'm going to wrap us up here. Uh, Yeah, like I said at the beginning, um, this teleseminar um, is recorded, and like all of our previous teleseminars, will be on our website at natureevolutionaries.com. While you are on our website, you can scroll to the bottom of the homepage and sign up for our newsletter. You can explore our archive of amazing articles and videos, um, including an article by Linda. Uh, Please join us um, on October 13th for our next teleseminar entitled Nature Without and Within by Dr. Renee Henry. Um, And lastly, we ask you to join us in advocacy for earth rights and heart-centered actions on behalf of fulfilling our vision, which is a future where people and nature are co-creative partners and all of life has the right to thrive. You can do this by becoming a member of the organization of Nature Evolutionaries. Your membership dollars support one's educational programs in building relationship with the living earth and honoring our sacred connection with nature. We are dedicated to reweaving our connections with the natural world and coming together in gratitude for nature. You can sign up for a membership on our website, which again is natureevolutionaries.com. Thank you so much to everybody, excuse me, who joined us today. Thank you so much, Linda, again. What a joy. You're, what a beautiful conversation.
2: Thank you. It was lovely. And, and I, have a, I have a request. May I, may I close out Sacred Space with something very brief?
1: Please do. That would be wonderful. Thank this you. This is
2: Keeping, Keeping Quiet by Pablo Neruda. Now we will count to 12, and we will all keep still. For once, on the face of the earth, let's not speak in any language. Let's stop for a second. And not move our arms so much. It would be an exotic moment without rush, without engines. We would all be together in a sudden
0: strangeness. Thank you, Linda. Again, thank you, everyone. Everybody, enjoy the rest of your beautiful day. Take care, and lots of love. Bye. Bye, everyone.